This episode of Whatever is sponsored by you. You can help support the show by being a Patreon member. Go to www.patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto. And for just three bucks a month, you get early access to episodes and bonus content. Only three bucks a month. Patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto. This is my United States of whatever. And this is my United States of whatever. And this is my United States of whatever. Hello, everybody. What is up? Welcome to Whatever with Jason Soto, the comedy podcast that should have stopped after the fourth movie. I am your host, Jason Soto. Hello, everybody. Welcome. And welcome to the 80th episode of Whatever with Jason Soto. 8-0. I cannot believe this is the fucking 80th episode. That is wild to me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 80th episode. And uh, it's going to be approaching the two-year anniversary as well. There's a lot of uh, milestones happening here. Um so I do want to make an announcement uh, before I introduce my guests. Uh, maybe it's a sad announcement. Maybe you might be happy. I don't know. Uh, so since this is the 80th, I figured this is a good time to announce. Um, once this show, whatever with Jason Soto, hits 100 episodes, I'm that's it. We're going to stop at episode 100. We're, we're not going to do any more past 100. Um for various reasons, you might be all asking your iPod players and your computers right now. Uh, one, this show is just too goddamn stupid to live on past 100. Like, nothing, a show this goddamn ridiculous just cannot exist past episode 100. It just, just, it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, two, it'll free me up to do all the other shows that I do uh, on Rabbit Hole Podcasts, which you can find at rabbitholepodcast.com. Uh, and, uh, three, I just kind of want to go out on top, you know, like I, I think the show has been going good and I don't want to be one of those podcasts that's like, uh, there's episode 1087. We're going to talk about Putin's farts for an hour or some shit like that. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that podcast. So 100, it's a good round number. It's a good number to end on. We're going to go out on top. Uh, but that means there's still 20 more episodes of this damn show to go through and I'm going to make the best of it and I'm just going to have fun for these next 20 and I hope you do too. So yeah, hope you stick around for that. Uh, with all that said, uh, once you've processed all that information, I'd like to introduce my guest today. Uh, we have been celebrating hashtag spooky season here all month over here, not only on whatever, but on rabbit hole podcast, we've been doing all kinds of spooky things. Um, and I've been trying to get horror fans to come on the show to talk about all things horror, horror-related stuff, horror-adjacent things. And uh, my guest uh, is a horror fan as well, and uh, she quite enjoys all the spooky things. And I had to have her on. She's one of my favorite people of all time. The co-host of The MILF Cast, one of my favorite podcasts that ripped me off, uh, Heather Baxendale Walsh. Hi, Heather! How are you? Hi, Soto. For the record, I would go on a fucking podcast and talk about Putin farts 
I could run with that and I could live with it. Okay. And it would make me happy. Let's make one of those. Let's make one of those deals that people make when both of us are like around the age of 85. Let's do a podcast reunion and we will talk about Putin's farts. Hey, if we're 85, we're not just going to be talking about farting. We're probably going to be the Latin number. <laughs> I know that I will. That's, uh, At least I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So, Heather, I think you've been probably one of the people that have been on my show, like, the most uh, in the two-year span. Uh, you were on the second episode. I know that. We talked about the Denver airport. Uh, I know you were on the Christmas special. Um you filled in for Mary a couple of times, I think. Uh, and then we had that awesome, epic MILFcast whatever crossover uh, in which I surprised the hell out of you guys with the awesome Steve Bush theme song. That that still Traitor. that still remains the number one favorite thing I've ever done ever in my life. I'm 41 years old, and that is by far my highest accomplishment was getting that done and getting it done secretly without you guys even knowing it was happening. And just just to see your faces as that was playing was I just worth it. I just felt such betrayal because I remember you came to me for the contact of Steve Bush, and I was thinking, oh, well, this is Soto. Maybe he wants to get into a song for a show or anything. And, and Bush, I would love to help my friends out because I'm such a kind, sweet person. Yeah. And then I didn't want to, you know, be nosy because it was none of my business, but apparently it was my business. So I didn't inquire about it or ask about it later. And then my kindness was thrown into my face as it often is. Well, Some gals will never learn a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? There might be some people who might not know what the hell we're talking about. So this is what we're talking about. Do you like random goofy podcasts hosted by nostalgic people? Jason's stuck in the 90s and Mary's wicked awesome. One thinks he's funny, the other loves all animals. It's whatever Jason Soto, it's whatever. That is by far my favorite thing ever that I've ever had accomplished. See, even as mad as I am, I can't help at the end to start bouncing my head around. <laughs> I used it's... to sing. I used to sing the jingle to my freaking four, almost five year old when he was a baby because he liked it so much. So I would it's you know, it's not very long. It's like 30 seconds. So I just play it on replay for him over and over again because he loved it. Yes. For everything it's, else. It's yeah. For everything else, I recommend checking out the crossover episode we did with uh, the MILF cast back in June. That was fun. And that shit happened on my birthday, so that was an even bigger... Th oh, man. Oh, God. That was so much That's fun. That's true. It's on YouTube, too, so you it can actually watch yeah. it. Yeah, you can look you it up can on watch. YouTube. You can check it out on... I believe it's on a Rabbit Hole podcast. So, yeah, definitely go check that out. Okay, yeah. Heather. Yes, normally, sir. there's an exit interview, but here on the show, we do an entrance interview. These are just some questions to kind of start us off to kind of break the ice a little bit. Um, just, you know, to kind of get into, you know, the flow of the show. Uh, and I've made these questions for hashtag spooky season. So uh, here we go. Question number one. Heather, 
What is your favorite horror movie franchise? And by that, I mean a series of movies that you enjoy at least half of them. Okay, this is actually kind of hard for me because I do have a few that I really like. I, I actually really like the Paranormal Activity ones. Okay. I like I like found footage stuff too, so VHS ones are really cool. Uh, the Final Destination, I think, are creative and, and they're fun. And, and it's my kind of gore. I like I like that kind of stuff. Also, it gives me horrible anxiety and, <laughs> and I struggle <laughs> watching them. But at the same time, I enjoy it. So it's like, am I in the mood to torture myself? I really, really like those a lot. Um, but the ones that I, I always come back to and bring out every season is, is scream. I love, Uh, I love the scream franchise. It's so good. It's so much fun and it never takes itself too seriously. So you get to have that fine balance too of horror and humor mm -hmm. and always a little mystery because I love not always knowing who the killer is. It's, it's part of joy for me. So, so if I had to pick one, I would probably go with a scream. Scream ones, okay. Are you looking yeah. forward to the new one that just got uh, uh, the trailer just got released the other day? I literally have my head so up my own butt lately that I didn't even know this was happening. So when I saw it, I'm like, is this a, is this for real? Yeah, I'm excited now. I saw it. Yeah, and between it, that and the Batman trailer, I was like, oh uh, yeah. Last week was an awesome week for trailers. <laughs> so really much was. good shit dropped last week. I'm very excited for stuff coming out in the in the far future so all right i I like that i like that the scream series that that's every week that i've been asking this question i've been getting different series so that it's it's been kind of cool to hear a bunch of different uh opinions on that that's awesome hey number two uh the 1980s uh horror movies is known for its unique vhs box art which horror movies i would like for it to be an 80s movie features your favorite box art okay so i used to just stare at cover boxes of movies when i was a kid my Uh mom worked in a video store she worked in a universal video store it was just a tiny little corner store Mm. uh not too far down the road and some nights she would let me come to work and i would spend hours just putting away movies behind all the the flaps or the cover boxes or whatever they were so I spent a lot of time looking at them. And then in my adulthood, in college years, I worked at Blockbuster. So cover boxes for me are, are things and, and movie posters and that kind of stuff. Anything that's like pre-2005 is pretty cemented in my head. But when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to see like, I wasn't allowed to see, see the slashers when I was a kid. My parents were really liberal with the stuff that they let me watch, but I couldn't watch Freddy. I couldn't watch any of the Jason movies. None of that stuff. I could see, they, she let me see Halloween. I think that was like the <laughs> biggest one. Okay, but but I spent a lot of time looking at them, and and Poltergeist is is obviously a really cool one. It's simple, oh. but it's creepy, and it gets right right to the point. Um, I always like would sit there and and gaze over the Evil Dead ones. Um, Creep Show that was good too. But my absolute favorite that I was obsessed with, and also too terrified to watch when I was a kid or ask if I could watch, was Fright Night. Okay, it's it's the one with the house, yeah. and it just has like the white scary faces coming behind it yeah and it just looked so and i mean it's a good movie too but when i was a kid i was like i'll never watch that no <laughs> no no i i loved it but that one that was when i like i didn't even want to touch it it was so creepy to me when i was a kid 
it, it's amazing yeah. like the move like when we're younger we can't watch these so we're looking at the vhs covers and we just make the movie in our own head of what is happening just based on the cover so like you know you're looking at the fright night one you're like oh my god this is a movie it's about a, a giant white ghost like like staring over at a house and oh my god what does he do to the house right and then you watch the movie and it's like no- <laughs> nothing, no, like, nothing that. like that at all <laughs> Nothing like that at all. You know what one was true to form, though, was Ghoulies. Yes. <laughs> yes. That came up a lot this yeah. this month. Ghoulies. Ghoulies. I think, you know what? I'm going to call it. I think Ghoulies has been mentioned every episode this month. I think oh, one great. person, one person at least has bought up Ghoulies for one reason or another. So, all right. Let's see if we can carry the trend next week. I might have to just throw it in there randomly. That but, makes me happy. But yeah. Do it. Let it be your Pee Wee Herman words. Somebody says it with a scream. <laughs> ah! Yeah, everyone Ghoulies. just starts screaming. Ghoulies! A ghoulie coming out of the toilet. <laughs> uh, okay, number three. Hey, what was the first movie that legit scared you? Okay, it was a movie that my parents tried to hide from me and didn't want me to watch. But I was, you know, I was not really good at following directions as okay. a child or okay. an adult, and I didn't listen. Uh, <laughs> and it was it was Poltergeist. Oh. And I was pretty little when it came out. But, mm-hmm. you know, the beginning of the movie, it's, you know, it has mm-hmm. it has almost like a Stephen King type story feel to it. It's it's inviting the family to watch it. Yeah, uh, it has the little kid. It has all those elements that that it feels like a family film until things go horribly wrong. And I think a lot of my favorite films anyway are kind of like that. They're they're normal people in extraordinary circumstances. So I my parents kept watching it because they loved it. Also kept repeating on cable or whatever it was. And one night after I was supposed to be in bed asleep, I'd snuck down the hallway and there was a big pile of laundry. So I sat behind the laundry and I just watched the whole freaking movie. And... <laughs> The whole movie. I stayed up all night. I didn't sleep at all. I was insomniac all through my childhood. But I mean, it was it was it was bad. So I stayed up for the whole movie, and then they watched it again a couple nights later. So I did the same thing. I came down the hall, and and I snuck and I started watching it. And then because I'm an idiot, before Carol Ann said it, I went, "They're here." And my parents were like, what are you doing? How do you know what was going to happen? And I'm like, uh, I watched it already. So after that, they actually let me come down and watch the whole movie and and just sit through the whole thing. But man, that movie, that movie is still scary. That's why I, I was like, there's there's no reason to do a remake of it. I'll never watch the remake ever. I refuse to. I've, it's, I... it's a perfect film. It's terrifying. All the elements of it are just are absolutely and it still looks good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was actually recommended to check out the remake a couple of weeks ago. Um, <sighs> I never I, I never I got never got around to it, but uh I don't know. Yeah, the, the original, yeah, the original is perfect just the way it is. I agree. And do you buy the whole thing about uh, Toby Hooper didn't actually direct the movie, but Stephen King did, or Steven Spielberg did? Like, or do you not buy into that? I don't necessarily buy into that. It does feel very Spielberg-ish. I mean, come on. I mean, just it, it does. It feels like a Spielberg movie. I don't think. I think I was, you know, an adult before I realized it wasn't a Spielberg movie, but. If he really did it, you think Spielberg would want to take credit for it too? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't believe that that theory at all. I don't, I don't understand either. people who say that. Now let me ask you this: yes. Do you believe that the circumstances of that film could happen? That they would move 
the gravestones, but not the bodies. Oh, totally. That's totally believable. So that's my favorite part of it. And that's part of the reason why it also scared me. Right after we had watched the movie, it was like maybe a year later we moved. We moved constantly when I was little until Mm. we came back to Michigan. And then we stayed here. We came back to Michigan and the place that we moved to was really close to this Eloise Asylum, which which there was a field that was right behind where we lived and all the houses we lived in. And they had said that that's where they, they buried all of the bodies when oh. people were sick years and years ago. And so, and, and where we were was technically had been a swamp and this and that. So you heard all these stories that our houses were essentially built on burial grounds. Holy shit. Yeah. And there's still, there's, there's still always a possibility. It's still all there. And they actually really? do tours and the, yeah, they do oh, tours wow. in the asylum now and all sorts of stuff. But, but back when I was a kid, they didn't have that. It was, it was really scary. So I saw that movie and then we moved somewhere. And the first thing I heard was, oh, we live, we live in a haunted neighborhood. And I was like, shut the <laughs> fuck up. So it fed into all of my crazy stuff. I was so certain that there were ghosts that came in my room at night and Yeah, between gremlins. Gremlins was the other one for me. I thought there were gremlins under my bed and there were gremlins in my closet and in the washer and dryer and those kinds of things. So between gremlins and poltergeist, I was screwed as a kid. I was terrified. Here's here's like a question 3A for you. Between the original Evil Dead and poltergeist, how scared of trees are you? (laughs) Let's not forget The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Well, not a horror movie, but okay. No, but scary, scary, angry trees. Trees are not our friends, according to some filmmakers out there. Yeah. Um, I actually like trees, so I, I guess. Okay, so not very. Okay. Yeah that 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 part of it wasn't wasn't so so mentally scary okay. with me. It was more the ghosts and the, the burial ground and the TV stuff. I understand Ooh, completely. But I did have an apartment that I lived in. It was my first apartment. And uh, it was, I was still working in a video store at the time I was going to school and I'm an insomniac. And one of the only things I could do is sleep at night is I fall asleep with watching movies or with the TV on. Okay. So I would, I was going through a stage where I was watching either bad boys or Shrek to fall asleep every night. <laughs> okay. It was one or the other. I put one in and we had VH, I had VHS. There was DVD had just come out at the time. So I had VHS and there was an older TV and it was in my room and I would fall asleep and I'd, the movie would be over, so I turned the TV off, and then I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and the TV would be on, and it would just be fuzz. Oh my god! Wow! It, it happened all the time in that apartment, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die! Don't go into the light, Caroline." <laughs> so many things. Still, even now, if there's, it doesn't happen barely ever anymore. We see TV with fuzz, but if I did, wow. yeah, that's it. Yeah, I that's love freaky as fuck. Okay, yeah. moving on. <laughs> okay, this is the question everyone's been having trouble with. So hopefully. Y- you being you, Heather, I think you handled this question okay. Dreamcast a horror movie. Just make a just cast a horror movie um, with favorite actors, people who've never been in a horror movie. However you want to do it, uh, but just like who would you like to see in a horror movie? Basically, is the question. Okay, I kind of cheated a little bit here because technically one of these people has been in a horror movie but i guess that's it just fine. depends on yeah that's fine yeah, yeah um but but they're not but they're not like horror movie people like it's not jamie lee curtis or something like that okay so so i decided to take the movie that we really shouldn't recast and remake and i decided well i'll work with poltergeist who would i like to see <laughs> who would i like to see play the parents that would be that would be really great and my first thought was lena hetty because i think lena hetty can play anything okay so i think she would be great as a mom and then I want Killian Murphy 
to play her husband. Oh, because I also like him and I think he's good at anything. And I kind of okay. just want them to be in a movie together. Two British so, so people. Far, <laughs> Two British <I'm>, people. <laughs> work with my British team because it continues. Okay. I love my Brits. What can I say? All right. Um, we'll stop because I do want, I want the psychic lady. I don't give a shit about the kids. Whoever can play kids. Fair. Kid actors are whatever. Yeah, that's not, true. That is very I'm true. Not, yeah, I'm just not in the wheelhouse of children actors. I mean, either should be. Yeah, yeah, honestly, they could they could cast like some well known popular kid actor. I'd be like, who the fuck is this? Like, I yeah. have no idea. As far as I know, Dakota Fanning is still twelve. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> like when she shows up in magazines like half naked, I'm like, oh, should I be looking at this? Like, put your shirt on, young lady. <laughs> yeah, like like oh, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> exactly. Like Abigail Brenson like was like half naked yes! in the magazine. And I'm like, yes. I don't. F- oh wait, she's 23. Fucking hell. 100. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm I'm lost there. So whoever can play the kids, okay. But for the psychic, this is inspired. And yes, she's been in horror films before. But Kathy yeah. Bates would be wonderful. Oh, dude, yeah. Kathy Bates would be wonderful. She. Oh. And that's. That's honestly why I thought of Poltergeist in the first place. It just came to me with Kathy Bates. I can see that totally. Yes. And then for the team that comes in before she comes in and she cleans the house, of course, I I want want Helena Bonham Carter, which again, horror movies, but I just want (laughs) Helena Bonham Carter there. Okay. So just give me what I want. Okay. So that's three British people. Okay. And then here goes one more British person. I would like, I would like Idris Elba. To be the one. <laughs> okay. The, the dude. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. Dude. I just want him there because I just want Idris Elba uh, in every movie ever. I uh, yeah. I I I'm down with that. I'm down with the the Idris Elba Elba love. Absolutely. I'm yeah. I'm down yeah. with that. So so that's it. I like. I it. didn't add Henry Cavill or anything like that. I stayed away from Jason Momoa. Both of okay. them. Kate Beckinsale. Even though I wanted to. Okay. I, I well. Gonna, all right. Let me ask. It. Let me ask you this then. Okay. All if right. we were to put Jason Momoa into a horror movie, what would you put him? <laughs> Like what? What it doesn't have to be like a movie that exists. Like, would it be like a supernatural movie? Would it be like a slasher? Would he be the bad guy? Would he be the good guy? Like, what? What, what do you think he would be good at? I think I think he could actually play the bad guy really well in something. But okay. um, I'm Maybe. thinking more along the lines of like like action horror, like a uh, like a uh, like a zombie type one. Okay. Um, like a survival zombie type thing. Or okay. Okay. Um, I mean, you kind of want to give him action. He's he's fantastic and he's wonderfully charismatic, but he's not the That's greatest fair. dramatic actor. He does well enough, but let's not stretch him too much. So um, we're gonna yeah, or he could play something like the Predator. Damn it, he could be the monster. <laughs> he he, he he's huge. He's a giant man. No, yeah, I know. And his I... and his physical skills, as far as combat is concerned, are all one of the things that I I liked most about him when I discovered him on Stargate Atlantis. He's wonderful. So. I'm yeah. starting a. Uh, we're gonna talk about writing in a little bit. Um, I'm I'm starting a new book series, and it's it the every time I start writing like a book series, I picture okay, if this ever becomes like a movie or a TV show, I start casting things in my head, and for this new series, I've casted Jason Momoa as the lead, <gasps> and um, I don't want to get into what the book series is yet, um, uh, but like he would be like perfect for the the role that I'm, I'm imagining. So I'm hoping I can eventually get this turned into like a show or something and I can get Jason Momoa to be in it. Cause I think it would be perfect. 
we're friends on Instagram. I could just message him. I'm sure he'd, he'd respond to me and probably okay. be interested. I, you know what? I believe that. I truly believe he, <laughs> he, he fucking better respond to you. You're fucking Heather Baxendale Walsh. God damn it. You deserve respect. This is true. This is very true. I'm very famous in my little bubble. Yes. So I kind of am. Okay. Um, Okay, so there's a last question that I didn't tell you about. It's a surprise. I wanted this one. I want to surprise you with. So I want this to be just off the top of your head right now. Okay, I asked you who your favorite slasher move uh, slasher killer was besides Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. So yes. here's why: fuck, marry, or kill Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, or Ghostface. Oh, I like this. I used to try and do these all the time around Halloween with Kai when we used to do the cereal seven. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's true. I did. Yep. I used to make these up. I love these. Okay. So it's it's Jason Voorhees. Freddy Krueger. Freddy. Ghostface. <sighs> okay. So. Um let's see here. I'd marry Ghostface because I feel like he'd be hilarious. And I want to marry a funny <laughs> guy. Okay. Ghostface is almost always funny. He's always tripping and falling. He is not the best of the slasher killers at all. He's always completely foobar. He's not great. He's always a disaster. He's okay. the worst. He gets the shit beat out of him. So, you know, I can just sit there and laugh and watch someone who falls more than me. So okay. I think I'd marry him. All right. Um, I'd have to kill Jason because he has mommy uh, issues. He's got mommy issues. I don't, I don't. I don't want to have that. So I'd bang Freddie because, you know, he's got an imagination. He'd know how to party. Uh, it would be a little dangerous, but but I feel like also, is... you know, Jason doesn't like the, the kids having sex in his movies either. That's a problem also. And yeah, I, he'd probably be very, very awkward in bed. I don't think I'd enjoy him. No, Man, everyone keeps killing my guy. Damn. Well, he I mean, think about <clears throat> it, though. Realistically, he does. He has mommy issues. <clears throat> he's he's not a talker which that might not be bad but freddy's like freddy's a party freddy you want to hang out with i can see All he's right. maybe not not take him home and marry him but you could definitely bang freddy now at the third party that that's where things would get interesting like if somebody says michael myers i totally understand marrying michael myers he's a fine gentleman i think somebody he wears, he wears masks he's respectful of other people and he's also quiet <clears throat> Also quiet. Very he likes quiet. to stay at home. <laughs> he does like to stay at home. <laughs> That's true. He does not like leaving the city. He likes no. his home city. <laughs> no, no. He, he only really likes to come out on my favorite night of the year. It's, I mean, it's, he's all right too. I get it. Throughout get like, it. throughout 19 Halloween movies, he's only ever been in Haddonfield. So absolutely. <laughs> he's never left. Good point. Can rely on that guy. <laughs> All right, so that was the uh, entrance interview. We're now at the middle of the episode, so it's time for a segment that I like to call the middle of the episode. Uh, this is just basically what the show used to be. Just we kind of just talk about whatever for a few minutes. Uh, and I did want to talk to you, Heather, about writing because you are a fellow writer like I am. Uh, I, you write some stuff and I write stuff and uh, we both 
commiserate about writing together. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about writing horror and or horror movies. What do you think like you could ever down the road or had an idea to ever write like a horror story or a horror movie? Uh, do you have anything like that in your head or? I've, I've always liked, um, I, I typically lean towards if I'm writing novels, I typically lean towards science fiction and fantasy, okay. but in the past when I've written short stories, which I used to write a lot of short stories, mm-hmm. I like to write a lot of murders, serial killer type stuff. Okay. And, and so, so yeah, I, I think that that's the route I could go. It would definitely go more towards like the psychological type thrillers. Like I, I always, you know, I always feel like seven's one of those really good ones where you sit there and discuss, oh, yeah. is this actually a horror movie or, or, or not? Um, some people don't feel like it is. Some people feel like it belongs there. Uh, but those kinds of things. Yeah. I think, I think I could, uh, but I, I, and I think too, I'd come into things like the paranormal activity type things, VHS stuff. I'd, I'd want to write it in a way that it was like realism. Okay. And, and the way I write too is, is, and I think most people kind of do this and it doesn't always work, but I, I always write things that I would like to read or I would like to watch or something that I would be interested in that I don't feel like somebody else has done or the way I would want it done, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So I think I would probably go down one of those paths. I'd sit down serial killer type type thing or okay. or definitely go mm-hmm. down into like ghosts and and spooky stuff. Stuff that leaves more to your imagination. Do do you think it's really easy to write horror? Or do you think it's harder than just like basic fiction? I think it's harder. I think it is because it's, I think as far as like all the genres of, of, you know, any kind of medium, it's, it's one of the ones that kind of gets used the most. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's an over, it's definitely an oversaturated, you know, genre big time. I mean, and we see it go, you know, with years too. We'll see, we'll see like vampire stuff for like, I don't know. We had to deal with vampires for like 10 years and I used to love vampires. Now I'm just like, I'm so tired of vampires and, and we got it with zombies and that kind of stuff too. So you do, you get kind of burnt out on, on specific things. And I think that that makes it really difficult to come up with something new or a different perspective. But I mean, that also should be inspiration to do that, to go, okay, so we've seen this the same way a hundred times and that's the thing for me when i'm watching horror that i kind of get tired of is going i know it's gonna happen next yeah that was so, my next question that was my next question actually was do you watch like horror movies from the point of a writer and just know like beat by beat okay this this has to be what happens next or oh i can see the twist coming like 35 minutes away and like you know are movies ruined for you now because you're a writer <laughs> They're not always okay. This is this is the way I look at it, and it's it's the way I look at movies in general too. As as a writer, um, but as an avid fan, okay, I compare it to people who like any kind of sports ball. Okay, if you're if you're a huge fan of sports of some kind, you don't just sit and watch the game and understand how it goes. You know you know how the game works. You know the rules of the game, but you also know about the players. You know if someone's been hurt. You know if someone has personal stuff going on in their life, so they might be playing the game crappy. Sure. You know if that referee is 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 a jerk or he's you know he's going to lean towards one team or the other. You know all these details, so you just see the game differently. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a writer you get that too, where you get to see the game differently. You get to see the different details of it. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm. you can appreciate stuff more because of that. 
I like big reveals, but I don't need them. I don't need the shock. I don't need the surprise. It's fun to sometimes go, oh, I didn't see that coming. But it's very rare for me not not to figure something out. Um, what was the one that I just watched where, uh, oh, Malignant, where, yeah. where everyone was like, oh, it was such a big twist. I'm like, I don't, it didn't have to be a big twist for me to enjoy it. That wasn't an issue for me. I, I get that it was for a lot of people. I, I figured it out from the beginning. Now, okay. Let's talk about Malignant for a minute. Okay. Okay. I, we'll we'll tread lightly on spoilers because it's still a newish movie. I don't want to completely let's not completely say what it was. Uh but um I did not see that coming. I, I'm gonna be honest with you one hundred percent. Now, I thought it was gonna be something else. Um I didn't know there was like two things I was expecting, and what ended up happening was not one of the two things that I thought was gonna be happening. Um so when they did reveal that at the towards the end of Malignant, I was like, "Holy shit, that's wild!" And then that scene happened in the jail cell, and then the movie like won me over at that point. <laughs> like, like I was into the movie already because like it starts off kind of slowish, right? Like you know, yeah. there's not a whole lot happening. Like the beginning, we get the the jump scare a bit with the figure in the dark. Uh, with the husband, and then well, this is in the beginning of the movie. The husband gets killed, and then um, which you're very happy about, by the way. Yeah, he was a dick. God, that guy was a fucking dick. Um, but then, and then, like the rest of the movie was kind of like a mystery because it was like, what's happening? Like, why is this happening? And you know, why is she seeing these things? And what's going on? And it, it becomes kind of like a dark mystery a bit. And I was into that because I like mysteries as well. I think that was probably where it was most effective. And that yeah. was that was also what I was at the other side of it too. If you're going to do horror in that direction, it's it's like I really I enjoy now I've never like watched Law and Order or right. um yeah, CIS yeah. or any of those, but I do I do like I do like murder shows like um Bones is one that I enjoyed. I liked Castle, which okay. he's a writer, so that's fun. Oh, yeah, that's Nathan right. Fillion. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah. and I like I like reading books like that too. They're fun. I like I like me. Sometimes I figure out who the killer is. Sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. And you know that they have their beats and you can, it's, it's predictable, but that doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable, but it's fun to kind of, you know, get to see too sometimes and try and figure things out. It's, it's basically being a Nancy Drew or a Hardy boy and, <laughs> yeah. and Malignant did kind of do that. Now I did have all the pieces put together, but I, I kind of, it, I at least figured out the, the, the main part there. And I assumed that that's kind of what it was. And if I say the movie that made me think of it immediately, then I will give away the ending, but it is, <laughs> it's a really oh, yeah. funny movie. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's yeah. not, let's yeah. not do that, but yeah. Uh... Um, but <laughs> 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 that was totally worth messing my throat up for. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, it's, 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 I think as a writer too, and it's knowing when, when to not try to not be overly clever. I appreciate, okay. I appreciate M nightmare and I call him M nightmare. I always have, <laughs> I appreciate him. He falls on his face with some of his movies sometimes, but he takes risks and he explores new things. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And if you're going to go down that route, sometimes you're going to be successful and sometimes you're not this particular movie. I feel like somebody was enjoying really bad mushrooms i i i kind of like 
I'm not a huge like um detractor of James Wan. I enjoy his stuff. I like his stuff for the most um, part. Um but I do like that he was able to kind of like just let go and just do whatever the fuck he wanted. Um That I, is what he did too. And I do believe, yeah, I do believe the whole theory that Warner Brothers was just like, hey, you made us like a gazillion dollars. Here's another gazillion dollars. Go do whatever the hell you want. And he's like, all right, me and my hot girlfriend, we're going to make a movie. <laughs> but but a lot of people liked it, too. And and that's, yeah, that's the other thing good. when it comes to that's a, that's the thing when it comes to horror, too. Different things are scary to different people. Some things are going to impact people differently than other True. people. I think when you're writing for horror too, you are really writing for a specific audience. So you have to know who your audience is and you have to think about that a lot. If that is your, your purpose, particularly when it comes to horror, I think it's really important to know exactly who, who you're writing it for. If you're trying to appeal to the mass audiences, you're, you're not going to do that with, with I think, a movie like Malignant. I, I just don't think you're going to, but, but for the most part, if you're going to go down the, the more exploratory path and you're going to write creepier stuff, you're going to, you're going to have a smaller audience. Not everybody's going to get it and that's okay. But it's, Agreed. it's definitely, I think it's definitely more challenging than, than other genres. Now, if you go watch asylum movies, you might argue that it's not. <laughs> But I fucking love asylum movies, and I don't care that they're terrible, I, and I'll watch them all day long. So I, sus- I suspect at at the asylum headquarters, in their computer database, they just have a outline of a script, and then whatever the flavor of the week is, they just plug in. Like, okay, what's popular this week? All right, superhero movies. All right, so uh, it will be Attack of the Three Headed Thor. <laughs> And uh, what's an actor from the 80s who really needs to be done? Uh, I don't know. Let's do Richard Marks. Okay, Richard Marks needs to <laughs> make a comeback. Yeah. He's still got his mullet. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> there you go. Attack Daddy. the three-headed <laughs> three Thor starring Richard Marks. <laughs> but I'd watch that. I would absolutely watch that. You know why? Because it's not trying to be anything that it's not. It That's, is silly. That is true. That is it's true. silly and it's there. And it's, it's like, this is, this is what we've got. Um, Kai and I actually had somebody on the milk cast years and years ago, and they did a horror movie and the director was on the show and I can't remember his name right now, but it was a pretty good movie. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that, you know, was, was new into the genre or anything like that, but it was a solid, like haunted house type movie. Okay. It could have been, it could have been like a supernatural episode of the week is really what it could have been. It was fun. It was nice. And then randomly out of nowhere, there's just titties. There's one of the characters and just her boobs are somehow out of her shirt. And I'm like, I don't mind the boobs. I'm fine with boobs, but this is really not have, this has like nothing to do with the story. Thematically it didn't fit in. So we asked him and he said, yeah, Asylum said we had to show some boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Dancer. He he was dancing around it at first. And then he finally just said, yeah, we, we had to, they were like, we need tits in our film. Holy shit. That's funny. So you either need violence or you need boobs. <laughs> so 
there was no reason for the girl to be topless. She was just normal no, she, one second and then just suddenly just topless. She was like in a shed looking for a ghost and there was a scary moment before that and she came out and like her button popped out and the tits came out or something. <laughs> it was it was so out of place. Oh, that is hilarious. It was it was literally like an outtake that had happened by accident and it looked like they kept it in the movie. Oh, that's by funny. accident. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is funny. It's great. I I think I still have a copy of it somewhere. If I do, or I'll go look it up and try. You gotta tell me what I, that movie is because I got haunted see. Ha- a haunted house in Connecticut. No, that's not it. I don't know. I'll I'll look it up. I have it somewhere written right. down. Or I have yeah, the movie. Yeah, you, you gotta tell me what it was because that 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 cracks me the fuck up. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Um, so do you ever think you could? write an adaptation of like a horror like if someone like a Stephen King like say there's a Stephen King novel you really like and you wanted to make a movie so you took it upon yourself to make the screenplay do you think you could ever see yourself doing something like that I think so I I mean I've I've dabbled in my fan fiction I've I've written (laughs) I I have I haven't I've I've written I've written I've written a Buffy novel guys I've written oh really yeah yeah you never it's told actually, me this i wrote it when i was like 16 or 17 and i never finished it i got like three quarters of the way through and i um i found it not too long ago when i started reading through it going oh this is gonna be so bad i was like man i nailed this i got these characters <laughs> down the story everything it, it's actually i i i'm not even kidding it's probably one of the better things i've ever written <laughs> okay i'm just gonna ask you what what was it about what happened in it it was a Halloween one. It was a Halloween oh, themed okay. story, which ironically, I'm doing my Spooktober uh, thing on on Facebook right now, and yeah. and one of the things I like to bring up is is the Buffy Halloween episodes because they're so fantastic. Okay. And one of the great things about the Buffy verse, for those of you that don't know, is the monsters and everything usually take a night off on Halloween. It's not supposed to be a scary night. They're like, yeah, this is lame. We aren't going to go murder tonight. We're going to go to sleep early and and not do things. And so when Buffy does have an episode where something does go crazy, it's usually pretty fun. And, and the Halloween episodes, I, I think there's like three or four of them. They're pretty good. But, but yeah, it's a Halloween themed one. And, and there's all sorts of like angsty angel and Buffy stuff going on. <laughs> and Xander's jealous and Cordy's a total bitch. And, oh, and Spike's like really haughty yeah. and just hilarious. But I mean, I felt like I was like reading it. I'm going, I really got the characters down. That is something they would say. This is, this is, I mean, it wasn't, it was something that I, I loved so much that I just kind of just fell right into. There was nothing original or great about it as far as the actual <laughs> story went it, it, at all. But, but as far as the actual writing and, and, and being able to adapt characters that I knew from a verse that was already created, I was actually able to do it. So so if it was something that that I liked, like, I don't know, Stephen King, I feel like it would be hard. And I think it is hard because not many people actually do Stephen King justice. I yeah, do you, yeah. you read a lot of his books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. I, yeah. Then then in most cases, books are usually better than the movies or the shows or the miniseries. But yeah, but his is so immersive and they're so long. And sometimes I feel like reading his books that, yes, this would benefit from uh uh, a movie or or a series or something of that nature but i don't know i think it just depends on 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 what it would be if you had me do more buffy i would i'd be i'd be badass <laughs> hire just, me you should just become a uh um a, a buffy author just write 
Buffy fiction. Because there are, there are, like, people who will, like, keep writing novelizations of TV shows. Um, like, a few years ago, I worked at a bookstore. Uh, and when I was putting books away, I went into the, uh, the uh, science fiction, was putting science fiction books away. There's, like, a shit ton of, like, Doctor Who, like, novels. And I mean, like, a ton of them. And that's, like, a, a genuine, like, um, market that, you know, writers can get into. They can just write novelizations of, like, TV shows or novel versions of shows or whatever. And I think that's a legitimate thing. I, so you totally should start <laughs> see if you can start writing think, Buffy fiction. I think it's legitimate. I mean, I, I probably have a good solid 20, 20 Buffy and Angel books that I, I picked up, you know, uh -huh. some YA ones. and. Uh -huh. They're not bad. They're yeah, not bad at all. Um, and I, there's been a couple shows where I've done that, where I'm like, you can't quite let go of the show, but you get like these little side stories. Um, my favorite science fiction show is Babylon five. And they actually have a series of one of the villains on the show. Uh -huh. And there's a, there's a three series book on them. Um, Walter Koenig actually plays the character okay. and, uh, and it's really, really cool. And I'm like, I can't believe somebody actually wrote these. You can't get a hold of them anywhere now, oh. but yeah, so I'm glad that I have them, but but it's it's neat and and usually those kinds of things I feel like ends up being better than if you have where they do a movie afterwards, like they mm -hmm. did the Stargate movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fine, but unnecessary. When you have you know ten seasons of a show, do you really need to have an hour and a half movie afterwards? I don't <laughs> think so. No, we don't need that. I, I'm no. But if you have a book, you can you can really like go somewhere else and you can get a different cool story. I mean, look what they did with the Star Wars universe for Frank. Oh, sake. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good example. Yeah, absolutely. There's a yeah, there's literally like a million Star Wars novels. Like, well, again, when I went to that bookstore, it was like a whole side of a bookcase was just filled with just Star Wars books. And I was That's like, what Jesus. my dad's guest room looks like because my dad owns and has read every single one. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. I, I believe it. I believe I've, it. I've read, uh, I've read quite a few myself, but nowhere near all of them. And they just keep making more and more and more. It's so hard to keep up. But, I believe it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a great thing to do if you want to do it. And if you're writing anyway, you should just do what you want. You should be doing it for, for fun anyway. Fuck yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I enjoy talking about writing with you, Heather. You're, you're a lot of fun to talk about writing with, but it's time to move on to, it's time for the mixtape. This is the mixtape segment of the show. This is where we uh, bring a song and for hashtag spooky season. Uh, I've been asking guests to bring in songs that are horror adjacent. They don't got to be dead on the nose horror related. But if it's somehow near it or whatever, you know, uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, and we've had some pretty good picks so far this month. So, Heather, uh, what do you got for us today? Okay, so... This one, I feel like somebody's probably already picked, and I, I used it well. for my Spooktober last year, but it's one of my favorite, and it's fun, and it's delightful. It's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, A Nightmare on My Street. 
We literally just had that. We literally just had that. Of course you fucking did. I love it though. It's it's one of the ones that I, I play every year to get in the mood for Halloween. And it's actually creepy and fun. It's good. Like what what was it like two episodes ago? I think it was like I think Lisa bought it, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I I love love Fresh Prince so much. And I was obsessed at that age too. So when that came out, I was just like, this is the bomb, yo. And it was. It was one. <laughs> okay. So I, I figured, I figured that would be picked already. Well, well, damn it. Let me let me think of something else. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I can sit here and just pull thriller out of my butt, even though that was you can pick thriller. Actually, that hasn't been picked yet. So it hasn't. Well then fuck it. I'm calling thriller because I'm tell go. you what. Okay, and I have a I have a little story about thriller too. Okay. All right, I was obsessed. I'm down. I was obsessed with Michael Jackson when I was little. Okay, I still yeah. fucking love Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I was little, it was it was Michael Jackson and David Bowie, and that was it in the whole world. <laughs> so when Thriller came out, I was still pretty little at the time. And once yeah. again, my mom was of the, well, we shouldn't show Heather scary stuff because she's going to be freaked out. Well, Heather wanted to see scary stuff, and I didn't care. So finally, she said, okay, I will let you see the video, but you're going to have nightmares. Well, I think that's where I started to fall in love with zombies because I fucking <laughs> love that video. That is a I, great video. It is so wonderful. And I can do the whole every, I remember MTV back in the MTV heydays, every Halloween, they would play, uh, they would play Thriller. Absolutely. It was, it was the cue that Halloween was coming. Yes. And, yes. and that was back, back then too, when there was like a video premiere, it was a big, oh big, my God. Yeah. Especially a Michael Jackson video. Premiere. Totally. It was, it was like some serious like business life was getting very exciting it was it was a big big deal so it didn't scare me at all i loved it and then i just loved him more and and i'm gonna i'm gonna great. do a kind of this is so unrelated but again this is this is my show this is what my show is about uh i remember back in the 80s when weird al first debuted fat they made a huge deal about that as well and I remember watching MTV when that debuted. And I remember like laughing my ass off because he used the exact same set as bad. And like every time they referenced something from the bad video, I was like laughing because it was like just a dead on parody of that. And I remember like how big of a deal that was. I mean, it was Weird Al, but he was doing Michael Jackson. So they made this huge deal about it. They even played the bad video before it. They did. And, they did. And, I remember that. <laughs> and then it was like, now here's a, here's a brand new video debut of Weird Al Yankovic in Fat. And yeah, it was oh, that was so awesome. I miss MTV back then, man. God. Me too. It was God great. Damn. It was always it was always like, exciting. Like music was, I don't know. It was it was like it was like radio and the music though too. You couldn't just go on the internet and go find something. It was you have to sit and listen to the radio Watch, station and right. yes. hope hope you're gonna get to hear that song that you love so much. Like now, mm -hmm. I sing all these words to songs that 
I remember that I didn't particularly like when I was a kid and now I'm seeing all the words to them and I go, why, why do I know all the words of these songs that I don't really like that much? <laughs> you know what? I don't never, ever need to sing journey. Don't stop believing again. But I know all the goddamn words. Why? It's because I was sitting there waiting to hear the song I wanted to hear. And they kept playing that over and over again. So here it is forever. <laughs> okay. So my song, um, it comes from the Beatles. And you're like, what horror song does the Beatles have? Well, they got a real fucked up song called Maxwell's Silver Hammer. And if you've never paid attention to this song, you need to read the lyrics. Because this is about a guy, I think a kid even, who kills people with a hammer. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not lying. I'm not joking. There's actual lyrics in this song by the fucking Beatles about hitting people over the head and killing them with a hammer. I'm not lying. Look this up or just listen to the song when I play it. And it is, it, it yeah, is one of the most probably underrated Beatles songs. They don't, people don't ever talk about this one. And it's amazing they have a fucked up song like this. <laughs> <laughs> this in their catalog. Um, what but album yeah. was this on? This was on the... Uh, hang on, I still got it up on my Spotify. Because when I was looking around earlier today for a song, and um, I remember thinking, yeah, wait, the 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 friggin' uh, Baxwell's Silver Hammer like fucking song is about killing people. Ah, shit, I lost it. Um, Abbey yeah. Road. It's on Abbey Road. It is. Then I know it. Then I know it. I just have never acknowledged the lyrics. You have to pay attention to the lyrics because no one's probably ever really, no one probably ever thought about it because they just thought it was a catchy Beatles song. And it's a very up-tempo song. You know, it's not a dark song or anything. It's it's very upbeat. But, like, the lyrics are fucking dark as shit. Those those kinds of songs are, are actually my favorite. The ones that seem like they're, uh, they're not scary or are not effed up, but they come with like a la la la, uh, and I mean, and then they're and then it ends up being, um, like like Foster the People, um, oh yeah, up kicks. Pumped up kicks, yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. People are always singing along. I'm like, you guys know how fucked up the song is, right? And you're just like da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, it's catchy, but it's it's fucked up. So yeah, I'm just gonna give you just a sampling of the lyrics. Just so you know, Maxwell Edison majoring in medicine. Uh, calls her on the phone. Can I take you out to the pictures, Joan? But as she's getting ready to go, a knock comes on the door. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer came down upon her head. Clang, clang, Maxwell Silver Hammer. Make sure that she's dead. I mean, those are fucking Beatle lyrics. <laughs> Holy S-H-I-T, Batman. <laughs> it's amazing. So, yes. That's going to be my my hashtag spooky season song for today, for this week. So uh, enjoy that. Enjoy Michael Jackson's Thriller and enjoy an ad. And uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to test Heather's movie knowledge of horror. So stay tuned. We'll see.
close at hand Creatures crawl in search of blood To terrorize your neighborhood And whosoever shall be found Without the soul for getting down Must stand and face the hounds of hell And rot inside a corpse's shell
Jason Soto. And I'm Lisa Leahy. And we're the hosts of the mini-cast Between the Scares, a podcast that takes a look at all the films Bloomhouse Productions have produced. You may not recognize the name, but Bloomhouse has produced a lot of your favorite horror films, including Paranormal Activity, Insidious, The Purge, and non-horror films like Griffin and Phoenix and The Fever. Yes, those two, but the horror ones also include Lords of Salem, Oculus, Ouija, yeah, but there are also stupid ones, like the Tooth Fairy and the Darwin Awards. Alright, alright. So Jason Bloom did some non-horror films, and we'll be covering those, too. For better or for worse. Ooh, ooh, like the Gem and the Holograms live-action movie from a few years ago? He did that? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I guess. Anyway, you can find episodes of Between the Scares at rabbitholepodcasts.com or anywhere else you find your podcasts. So come follow us and we'll see you Between the Scares. Okay, welcome back to the show. All right, so what we've been doing uh, for the last segment of uh, Hashtag Spooky Season is I've been testing all my guests' knowledge on horror movies. Um, And how I've been doing that is uh, I have this game called Trivial Pursuit Horror Movie Edition. And what I've been doing is I've been randomly picking uh, 15 cards from this. And then uh, we've just been playing the game. So let me explain how this works, Heather. Um, There are six categories uh, that's uh, on these Trivial Pursuit cards. Um, I'm going to start off randomly picking one and then ask you a question from that category. And the categories are, by the way, um, monster, gore, psychological, paranormal, killer, and international. I'm going to randomly pick one of those and ask you the question. If you get it right, you get a point, and you get to pick the next category. Okay? If you get it wrong, you do not get a point, and I randomly pick the next category. Okay? Yes. And there's there's 15 of these. I picked 15 cards. Uh, right now, the winner is uh, Fred the Wolf from Full Moon Reviews, who got like 10 right the last episode out of 15. So good well, on you, Fred. Better with the Full Moon Reviews. Clearly, he specializes in horror. Yeah, well, but I mean, you know, you're a horror movie fan. You've watched like a thousand like I have. So, you know, we, you should be good at this. So I, I have I have, I have faith in you, Heather. Listen, I, I when it comes to you. trivia and me being on the spot, mm. I appreciate you, Soto. But I have zero <laughs> faith in myself whatsoever. Well, here's the thing. One, it's just me and you. There's no audience. You know, the people who are listening to this are listening to this way later in the future. Think of it this way. The people who are listening to this right now are in the future. So they don't technically exist yet. So it's just me and you, okay? Okay. Two, and future me is older, so I have the right to forget more in the future, too. Fair enough. All right. And and two, this is all just for fun, so there's no pressure. So 
Um, I'm not going to like, you know, think less of you if you get any wrong or anything. So, so you're good. All right? What if I get them all wrong? Uh, then I'm going to banish you from my friendship and never talk to you ever again. Well, now I got really sad. I was no, like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Heather, I could never, I could never do that to you, Heather. Like I said, you're one of my favorite people. So I can never do that to you. Okay. Here we go. Here's question one. It's going to come from the gore category. So here we go. In The Midnight Meat Train 2008, what organ is removed from protagonist Leon Kaufman to ensure his allegiance? I knew that. I knew that. Have you seen Midnight Meat Train? No, but I'm going to say liver. You would think, right? But it is not. I was going to go with liver or pancreas. No, it is actually his tongue. Oh, that he can't makes talk. sense. And he can't talk, yes. Hmm. So, yeah. I, I seen that once, and I was not a fan. Uh, but it it had Bradley Cooper in it before he became Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. All right, so your next category is going to be Monster. Ooh. And here we go. Actor Jeffrey Combs played what character in Reanimator 1985? Oh. If you just give me like a first name, I'd be happy. I'm not going to be able to pull the name. So just I'm just going to say something name. generic, and I'm just going to say Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. I'm going to start coughing. Sorry. <laughs> it's a comedy show, Heather. It's going to happen. <laughs> I know, I know. I've been trying to be so it's good. Doctor Herbert West. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen watched... Reanimator? Yeah, I, oh, have not, I, haven't, I haven't watched it in twenty years. That was actually oh, one of the movies I was movie. thinking about watching uh, for my Spooktober. Mm, mm. It's 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 you on should. there with Creepshow too because it. I haven't watched either of those in so long. I've been definitely. trying. To, I've been trying to hit up stuff that I haven't seen in in forever. Is what I've been doing. Definitely, the last couple of years. definitely do. Uh, Reanimator. That is definitely worth it. Yes, that's another one with a cool um, cover box art too. It did. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. And the tagline was amazing for that too. It was like Dobber Herbert Wiss has a good head <laughs> on his shoulders. Yeah, and that's one on right his on desk. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, here you go. Here's your next category. It is psychological. <gasps> In it comes at night, 2017. Which character is the son of Paul? Is it Travis, Will, Andrew, or Bud? Andrew. Uh, no, and I've not even heard of this. What the hell is it comes at night? I don't know what that is. Anyway, it's Travis. I okay. I, I wouldn't have gotten that because I've never even heard of that movie. I don't know what the hell it comes at night is. Someone's probably yelling at me in the comments section right now, and they're probably like, oh, it's like the best movie ever. How have you not seen it? It's all right. They can keep yelling at me and going, how have you gotten every answer and correct woman? And I will say it's none of your business. I've worked very hard at doing this. All right. We're staying on psychological. All right. Uh, Over the course of the film, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde do. What? Hang on. They worded this question kind of weird. Let me read this. Oh, okay. Here we go. Sorry. Over the course of the film, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, do the transformations of the titular character become involuntary? So it's a yes or no question. 
So basically, does he involuntarily become Dr. Jekyll oh, and or Mr. Yes. Hyde? Yes, he does. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, got he, it. He has no control over it after a certain point. Okay. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. You get to pick the category. Where do you want to go? Ooh, okay. Um, I have mon- I could do monsters of psychological horror. Monsters, gore, psychological, paranormal, killer, or international. Paranormal. Paranormal. All right. Which Harry Potter franchise alum portrayed Arthur Kipps in The Woman in Black 2012? Oh, gosh. I just, I watched this like two years ago, too. I'm just going to say don't overthink it. I know. Don't, 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 don't go deep into the Harry Potter lore. How about that? It's Daniel Radcliffe. It is Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. I almost called him Elijah Wood. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to happen a lot, but I don't see it. I, I, I do see it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm foggy on cold medicine right now, too. So I was like, hey, I just looked at a meme. It was literally like last week. It was a meme of the two of them. Um, okay. I don't know. One of, them, could... one of them had gotten asked for the other one's autograph as the other person. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Maybe it's weird, but I can I can tell them apart easily. I can tell which one's which. I don't understand. Yeah, I can tell which is which, but I see why people I might confuse them, especially with just people who are like casual moviegoers and that kind of. Yeah, thing. that could be. I'm just a super nerd. Okay, uh, where do you want to go, Heather? You get to the point, and you get to pick. Um. Okay. Then let's go. <laughs> let's go with paranormal again. Paranormal. All right. In Sinister 2012, the pagan god Begul is also referred to by what other name? Oh wow! I I I, I don't know yeah. if I've seen this or not. I feel like I I feel like I did. This was Sinister, on my, my list. It was the one with Ethan Hawke. He was a writer. He moved okay. to a house. Yep. And he watches the films with the kids. <clears throat> yeah, I don't remember. I'm gonna say Balrog. <laughs> No, but that'd be fun if it was. It's Mr. Boogie. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I do uh, remember right. watching it now, though. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's not that bad, actually. It wasn't. It wasn't, but it was forgettable, apparently. We're Yeah, we're going to be covering that soon on Between the Scares. Only at Rabbit Hole Podcast. All right. Uh, your next category is international. So, boy, I hope you know older movies. Who directed Black Sunday 1960? Um, I have no idea. You want to throw out a guess? You want to name Bob a very Dylan. old? You want to throw out a very old Italian director? Nope. <laughs> 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 All right. No. I tried. I tried. I <laughs> Mario Bava. Okay. Mario Bava. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like You're... i was like heather this is the hint like nope no nope, no nope, nope, i'm not gonna do it all right uh your next one's gonna be paranormal you know what i'm not even gonna ask that one that that's dumb okay I'm, I'm, thank you i wouldn't i wouldn't even get that one okay uh let's do this one hey heather in what year is the Blair Witch Project set? Think, think before you answer. Don't go, don't, don't, don't jump the gun on that. Like Marysville, it comes no. out. 
what year? I know. I'm just thinking out loud. Oh, okay. I was I'm like, what? Out loud. It's Marysville. <laughs> okay. I think. I think that it's it's outside Marysville or Marysville or something like that. It actually came out in 1999. Yep, that is accurate. I'm gonna say 1998. Oh, you're off by a few years. 94. God dang it! I knew it was. I was hoping. I was, I, hoping was you, I was hoping you'd get a Blair Witch Project one, right? But that's okay. I love Blair Witch Project. It's one of my favorites. I know. You 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 were in it, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you know, the irony is I thought that, like, for years, and then nobody ever said it. And then the last five years, people are like, you look just like Heather Donahue. I'm like, I have been doing that video by myself with the snot <laughs> in the nose for so long. You have no idea. Oh, you can do it right now, even. Yeah, you I don't even have slide. to try now because it's just it's just a process. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Just get really close up to the camera and apologize a thousand times and you I'm, got it. I'm, I'm so sorry <laughs> to all the people listening to the show that I can't get any answers right. But I'll try and be funny when I get them wrong because <laughs> it's a comedy show. <laughs> See, that's making me laugh. I don't know about anyone else. That's making me fucking crack up. Okay, you got international. What's the name of the vengeful entity that emerges from a well in Ringu? I've seen this one, too. I have no idea what the answer is, though, but I've seen this one. This came out. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I saw it. Mm. I saw it when I was working at one of the various video stores that I worked at. So I don't know if you remember, like a few years ago, they made one of those versus movies. And it was her versus the uh, girl from The Conjuring. Or not Conjuring. Um, Oh, what's that one called? Fuck, the other one. Annabelle? No, no, I'm in the wrong series. The fucking Sarah Michelle Gellar one. Um, oh, I know what you did last summer? No, goddamn <laughs> What the fuck is it? <laughs> it was based on a Japanese movie. Oh, oh, The, the Grudge. Thank you, yes. <laughs> the grudge <laughs> fucking hell yes that so anyway it was her and the girl from the grudge they had a versus movie so if you can think of that movie y- 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 you would be there if no, not I if not okay uh sadako not to be confused with sadaku which is the puzzle that's in the newspapers one sadako. is dangerous the other is dangerous in a way that you don't know because it involves numbers Yes. One's dangerous and one involves numbers. Choose wisely. <laughs> numbers are hard. I hate numbers. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's go to killer. We haven't had killer yet. Ooh. Um, ooh. Okay. I Heather, I have to believe in my heart of hearts you'll get this right. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. not putting pressure on you. I just, I just, I believe you're going to get this one right. Okay. Here we go. What Huey Lewis in a news song plays when Patrick Bateman dispatches Paul Allen with an axe in an American Psycho? Okay. Ironically, I was just thinking about this recently, too. I love this movie so much. Which one is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great movie. It's a really good book, too. The book? I was just about to fucking say the book was really good, too. Yeah. The book book is definitely offers a different perspective it does right if you didn't didn't catch it in the movie you catch it differently in the book but but i think that's what i appreciate about both mediums because like they both offer like different things and i i like that i like when people get mad with the square that's the answer yes thank you (laughs) um 
Um, people always get mad when they say the movie is nothing like the book, but I kind of don't mind it because then you get to read the book and you get like a different angle of things and you get to experience something different. Because if, if I just made like a direct, like movie version of a book, it would be so boring because you could just read the goddamn book. Exactly. But the movie is going to be a little different. They're going to add some things. Uh, they might have to take something out and replace it with something else. But, you know, it's just the same goddamn thing. So I think both of them work really well. I, and they're both I fantastic. I 100% agree. I, I hate people who are like, oh, uh, the book ruined the movie or whatever. Like, shut up. Okay. No, no. I, I Both both of those sh- should be enjoyed. And they're exactly. both they're both really really great that's one of the ones i think is the best example the book being phenomenal and the movie being phenomenal yes and being similar but also very different agreed okay uh so you get to pick uh the category heather so monster gore psychological paranormal killer or international let's go with killer again killer okay i somehow already had that one let's do this one okay no, sorry. I'm, I also I'm... love Huey Lewis, so now I'm singing that man. Not many okay, people know go. this, but <clears throat> I've seen Huey Lewis in concert once or a lot. <laughs> once, once. A friend of mine was working at a local radio station and got tickets for me, and I was like 18, and I couldn't find anybody to go with me my age, so I went with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I fucking loved every second of it. That's anyway. cool. <laughs> That's cool. All right, here you go. What Lord of the Rings actress played Kristen in The Strangers 2008? Oh, Liv Tyler. That is correct. <clears throat> All right. You got four more to go. So where do you want to go? Which category you want? Uh, let's go back to uh, paranormal. Paranormal. Okay. In The Omen, what is the shape of the birthmark possessed by the Antichrist? I should know this. The Omen's one of my favorite. It's good, right? It's so good. It has one of the best kills ever, too, with the glass. Oh, God, yeah. That fucked me up so much. Mm-hmm. I always, every time I buy skyscrapers, I got to look up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go. Think about it. Here. It's a movie about it's the devil. Cross. Yeah, it's a cross. No. I know it's probably Heather. not. It's three sixes. Oh, for frick's sake, it is. <laughs> I, I was trying to help you out there. Okay. I know, I know you were. And I just I just can't remember. That one that one's one that I, I used to watch pretty regularly too, but I probably haven't in a long time. I'm gonna modify this question. Okay. I'm gonna modernize it. So you uh the random category was monster. Okay. In the mummy, nineteen ninety nine, what actor played the lead role. Brendan Fraser. There you go. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> you, he's become like a meme recently and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> he's so wonderful. I've always loved him. I'm so happy he that people are cool loving guy. and supporting yes. him again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You rock Brendan Fraser. Keep going on. We All love right. you, sir. Yes, I hope you're listening to this podcast. We love you. I'm titling this podcast now, We Heart Brendan Fraser. That's going to be the title of this podcast. So here we go. Uh, pick a category, Heather. Um, Let's go with killers again. All right. 
Um, the Night of the Hunter, nineteen fifty-five, was filmed in black and white or color. 55? So you got to pick. Hmm. I like it when I have a fifty-fifty chance when I don't have a damn clue. It makes me feel a little better. I'm gonna go with color. Oh, it was black and white. Damn it! I'm sorry. Trixie Hobbit. Okay, so your final category is gonna be monster. Okay. So this is your final question. Final question. Who composed the famous theme for Jaws? Oh, John Williams. That is correct. I got at least a few right. Woohoo! One, two, three, four, five. You got six right. Congratulations, right. Heather. I don't feel too terrible. And there and no, the, you some of the ones that I got wrong, I at least knew ish. Well, I mean, the ones I feel like you, some of them that you got wrong, I felt were difficult to begin with. Some of them were, yeah. So, you know, it was, you know. Um can I ask you just a couple just for the hell of it? Yeah, yeah. To see if you would just know if you know these. So, do you know who directed the Cabin in the Woods? The Cabin in the Woods that was um, Drew. Drew. Um, damn it, I can Goddard. Yes. Okay. So you would have got that. You know who directed Eraserhead? Nope. Yes, but no. <laughs> God damn it, Heather! I love I'm gonna, you. I'm gonna know it after you say it. I'm gonna be really mad. So no. D- David, David Cronenberg, Lynch, Lynch, David Lynch. 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 <laughs> I knew it was one of those weirdos. Um, in the Sixth Sense, what actor uttered the famous line "I see dead people"? Oh, Haley Joel Osment. Yep. Hey, you know who directed Near Dark? Nope. Uh, Catherine Bigelow did. Oh. Yep, that was one of her first movies. Okay, we'll stop there. Um, okay. Uh that's it for the show. We are done. Uh Heather, I love having you on. You are so much fun to be with. Um and I love talking to you and yeah, I could do I could literally just talk to you all day, but I know you got stuff better things to do than talk to me. So um Go ahead and promote all of your stuff. Uh, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, is the MILF cast still a thing? I don't even know. Tell everybody. It, it is. Okay, so so we've been... <laughs> Every time I say this, it's really, really hard to say without cracking up. We've been on hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> no. In, in seriousness, we have since summer. Um, Kai had some stuff going on, and I was on vacation. And then, and then my little dude got really sick. And so that's actually been on me over here for like the last six weeks. So we've, we've been off for a bit. I really wanted to get a Halloween show in before the end of the month and at least pop on and, and do something. Usually we have Soto on our Halloween show. That is true. I'm usually the Halloween go-to guest. You are Halloween guest every year. Or when we go on hiatus, it's always after Soto's been on. So he's always (laughs) our last guest. (laughs) <laughs> always that's true Usually, i'm just that hard i'm that hard to follow you can't find anyone to follow me for so long you have to, <laughs> time has to expire between guests so yeah who I, can come on after halloween and soto nobody exactly it's too good exactly it's too good. 
So hopefully we'll start this Halloween-ish and come back. I'm I'm really hoping so too. And this is this is actually the first show I've done in a couple months. And I really, mm-hmm. really, really miss doing shows. And I love coming on here. It was so much fun hanging out with you always. So so we'll be back eventually. And you can find us on all of those things at Milkcast, you know, YouTube, the yep. socials, the Twitter. Oh no, you can't find me on the Twitter. I'm there. I just don't do anything. That's true. I yeah. follow Heather on Twitter, and I keep forgetting that I follow her on Twitter. I keep yeah. looking you up, and I'm like, "Do I follow Heather? Does she block me?" No, no, no. I'm still no, I just don't. I don't <laughs> ever go on Twitter. Listen, I I work I work in marketing, and I have I have clients. I have to post stuff on their Twitter through, and I try to go on there as little as possible. I hate Twitter, but but I do I do Instagram, and I do yeah. I do the Facebook still. So there you go. All right. So thank you very much, Heather, for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun with you as always. Thank you. Let's wrap up the show. Whatever with Jason Soto is hosted by me, Jason Soto. I can be found on Twitter at Famous Comedian, on Instagram at I'm underscore Famous Comedian, or you can email the show at whateverjasonsoto at gmail.com. Uh, you can go check out the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash rabbit hole pod. It is now a public group, so you can share things for once, thankfully. Thank God. Uh, also, you should follow Rabbit Hole Podcast on Twitter at Rabbit Hole Pod, R-B-B-T-H-O-L-E-P-O-D. Or, just to make it easy, go to rabbitholepodcast.com. All the socials are there, and you can check out every podcast that I do, uh, that I have a hand in, either host, co-host, produce, whatever. Just rabbitholepodcast.com. There's a lot of great podcasts for you to check out there. Uh, you can also find this show on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, uh, and anywhere else you find high-quality podcasts like this. And if you could leave us a rating and a review, that would be awesome. Hey, the mixtape intro song was made by friend of the show, Lackey, who you can find on his SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash lovewithoutsound. The beginning of the song is Liam Lynch's United States of Whatever from the album Fake Songs. And the other bits of music that I've been using comes from Kevin McLeod, who you can find at incompetech.com. Patreon members, I love you guys so much. Patreon, if I, if I could write you a spooky love letter, I totally would. Uh, Chris R. at thecredits.com. Thank you so much, Chris R. The Vern from CinemaRecall.net. Thank you so much, Vern. You fucking rock. Bill Zaney from Top 5 A through Z. Thank you so much, Bill. The mysterious benefactor known as Silent Partner. Thank you so much, Silent Partner. Uh, Thank you to the equally mysterious Nimrod Forrest. Thank you so much, Nimrod Forrest. And Carl. Thank you so much, Carl, for... Uh, being on here, Nether, can you can you give me a good quarrel like you always do whenever you see Carl? Oh, it's one of my favoriteest things to do. Are you ready? Yes. Coral. <laughs> Carl. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I love it. I love it. If you want to be a badass like these guys, you can support us by going to patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto. And for only $3 a month, you get to listen to episodes a full week before the release. There's bonus shows that's only on Patreon. I mean, that gets you a lot of shit for $3. I mean, I cannot think of anything that you pay $3 for and you get a lot of stuff. Normally, if you pay $3 for something, you're not going to get a lot of shit. 
I mean, I beg, I cr- encourage you to go to like say a strip club with only three dollars and see how far that gets you. They're not even gonna look at your lap, let alone touch it. So yeah, you're getting a hell of a deal by going to patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto and paying only $3 for all this extra stuff. You should do it. Uh, Hey, that is going to do it for this episode. Hashtag spooky season is going to wrap up next month. We are going to actually have the next episode uh, come out on Halloween. So look out for your uh, podcasting, catching sites or whatever. I will release the next episode. Uh, on actual Halloween night, so you got something to listen to while you're taking your kids out trick-or-treating. Uh, so looking forward to doing that. So thank you very much for listening. Go get vaccinated, wash your goddamn hands, and keep your head in the clouds and your feet in the mud. Good night. Because this is my United States or whatever.